People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Before we start, we just want to take a second to tell you guys about Bud Light. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen and, of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags hashtag RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 25 of our Kardashian bonus show. So as you know, we are on a little bit of a hiatus until the next season. We have, I think, seven or six more episodes until September 15th. So the past two weeks, we've done deep dives. And two weeks ago, we did Kanye West. Last week, we did a Kris Jenner deep dive, which I actually thought was fascinating. I loved I loved both of them, obviously. We learned so much from doing it. I know we got really good feedback, and I know that you guys felt really informed, but we honestly felt so informed just doing it. So we decided, like, a little bit of a palate cleanser. We wanted to take a break. And we were feeling a little nostalgic. So we were watching an old, old, old episode from like season two of Kardashians. And it was when they were on their Colorado vacation. And we turned to each other and we were like, this is so iconic. Like this is prime Kardashians. This is how we met them. How how, do we not talk about this time more? So we decided let's do an episode where we basically take a walk down memory lane and kind of recap slash analyze some of their best, most infamous family vacations that they took on the show. Is that a good way to frame it, would you say? A perfect way Thank to frame you. it. It's literally what happened. We were just sitting there next to each other. Julie looks at me. We were watching the Colorado episode, which we'll obviously get into. And she looks at Kylie and she turns to me. She goes, I cannot believe this girl, this literal fetus, is a billionaire with a kid with Travis Scott. Like, what is going on? Right? I, I still can't I believe it. I still can't believe it. So... Just get prepared to feel super nostalgic. If you've watched these episodes, you'll really appreciate this. If you haven't, you'll learn some things. And I don't know, let's get into it. This first one is like as nostalgic, like not even just as nostalgic for the Kardashians as you can get, just nostalgic for like 2008 as you can get. Everything from, we'll get into all the little details. Okay, I'm taking you now to 2008, Breckenridge, Colorado. So this was the vacation where Chris decided, she's like, fuck it. 
renting a house in Colorado and we're all going. Let me give you the backstory. So if you remember in the very beginning season of Kardashians, Kim was really, there was definitely a disconnect because Kim was rising to stardom far faster than the rest of the family. And it was never more evident than when Kim made enough money to buy herself a Bentley, which now it's like laughable. Now the Bentley's so yeah. like now the Bentley's like their shit car. Yeah. You this know was what I mean? like the the biggest deal when she like we all remember this episode when she got the Bentley. It was I mean that that's probably one of the most iconic episodes of Kardashians, I would say. I would say ever. And Kim is so excited. She feels like she's worked so hard, she's finally getting it. This is a you know, a symbol of her success. And she goes to the dealership and the Bentley's not ready on time. And you know, she's having a little back and forth with the guy and Chloe's there with her. And Chloe kind of in her typical, I would say defensive self, she's very defensive of Kim, gets into a little bit of a tiff with the guy from the dealership. And Kim, instead of taking Chloe's side, takes the side of the dealer. And she's like, Chloe, don't be rude. Yeah. Chloe basically freaks out at Kim and is like, I can't believe that you are not defending me. Like, I can't believe you're defending this guy. You're such a fame fucker, basically. Chloe leaves, they storm off, and that is the start of this the fight that ensues in this episode. You can continue us through the rest of the fight. So <laughs> this is when after that fight, they're all sitting. I don't even know where they're sitting. Someone's condo or apartment, and Kim comes in and hits Chloe with the purse and says, Don't be fucking rude. So they're in this fight now. This is the episode before they go to Colorado. So Chris kind of takes them on this trip because she wants them to start getting along. And instead of actually getting to the root of the problem, she figures, let's just stick them in a house in Colorado. We'll all go skiing and everything will kind of just work itself out. So they get to Colorado and like no one's having it. Like no one wants to be around Kim. Kim doesn't want to be around them. Kim can't get off of her sidekick. She's talking to Reggie Bush the whole time. I mean, let me just to get you how nostalgic it is. Kim is wearing, first of all, they're all in Uggs. They're Kim is, all in juicy tracksuits. Yeah, I was about to say, Kim is in a light pink, juicy velour tracksuit with her pink sidekick. She, Chris is in a brown, juicy velour tracksuit. I can't. I literally can't believe these words are coming out of our mouth. Kendall and Kylie are both in cropped leggings with a limited two cami, right? You can't make this shit up. That's actually what was happening. Also, when they get off the plane and they're going to the house, um, Caitlin had rented a Hummer. And Chris is like, I can't believe you rented a Hummer just because she couldn't believe it was a car. Now, in 2019, if they rented a Hummer, I mean, talk about the environmental activists on there. Like, forget. They would never be caught on camera in this day and age renting a Hummer. I don't even know if you can rent a Hummer exactly. anymore. Like, talk about, that was the craziest part of the trip, honestly. You know what I mean? So they get to this house and listen, it's a beautiful house. Absolutely. But- in the There's scheme, nothing special about it here. It's, in it's, the scheme of what they've stayed in, it's like, I can't believe they're staying in this dump. <laughs> right, but at the time, you hear them talking about it and they're like, oh my God, the house is out of a movie. It's perfect, which it is. It's a gorgeous mansion in Colorado. Don't get us wrong. But comparatively speaking now, we're like, holy shit, this is child's play. So again, Kim is kind of just, it's basically like everyone versus Kim. Right. And she is really craving one, she's like, I want to talk to someone who wants to talk to me. So she's like, I'm eye-chatting Reggie. I know that if, you know, those of you who watch this episode are, have this scene ingrained in your head. She takes out her laptop. She eye-chats. Like, this was pre-FaceTime. <laughs> they're, they're going through the different filters. And she's literally like, Reggie, do you see my new filter? Do you see it? And Reggie has the four with the different colors. And hers is the one that makes sure the bottom of your head small. It was, I was like, holy Fuck, literally 2008 celebrities are just like 2008 us. Yes. That's what it was. That's what it was. 
It was, I couldn't believe it. I like even watching it now and she like has her sidekick in her hand. And then that's when the fight, when they're sitting on the couch and Kim won't get off her sidekick and Caitlin's like, no one wants to hang out as a family. Everyone's just on their phones all the time. And every, and, and Chloe and Courtney are like, we're hanging out. Scott's there. He's got a clean shaven face. You know, I think that that's an interesting, before we get into the sidekick fight, I want to just give a little bit of a recap as to where everyone was in their oh, relationship. What a great idea. So- Courtney and Scott are fully together. They don't have any kids yet. And they are very much, like, young and in love. Yeah, they're, like, in the, like, young boyfriend-girlfriend phase. Fully boyfriend-girlfriend phase. Like, holding hands on the couch, being, like, flirty and fun. And, you know, Scott's uh, tendencies for being wild weren't coming into play now because it didn't matter, basically, because they didn't have kids. They didn't have any sort of commitments. Rob was... Let me tell you something. Julie and I looked at each other during this episode and we're like, I remember why Rob Kardashian was my hall pass for so many years of my life before I even knew what a hall pass was. I think I had I think I had sex dreams about Rob Kardashian. I think oh, I, I did. I sure for sure did. I know I did. I don't even I'm not even into, typically into guys that wear earrings and him with those diamonds. It was different. It was a different time. There was something about it that I that sh- I'm not even into guys with shaven heads, but him, oh my god. He was sexy. He was with at the time Adrian Bailone. She was not on the trip. But things were, I mean, we were living in a different universe. I mean, Caitlin and Chris were fully married. Their relationship seemed great, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, this was, but also this is when Caitlin's having, like, her midlife crisis and wants to hang out with all of the young ski instructors and invite, like, have, like, bro time with everybody and invite them over. And and, and Chris is like, what is she doing? Like, why are all of these 20-year-old ski instructors at the house right now? It was, yeah, it was really it was so, so many little events that happened were so indicative of bigger life events that I think were going on in their own lives. Also, something very interesting is that, you know, we always talk about current day Kim and her relationship with Kanye and how Kanye kind of idolizes her, not that she doesn't him, but that it's definitely, I don't want to say she's the one in control, but you know what I mean. And I felt like it was so obvious in this episode, the way that she looked at Reggie is almost like the way Kanye looks at her. Oh my God. She thought Reggie was the be all end all. And you can tell Reggie, like, obviously I think Reggie did really love her, but Reggie wasn't like giving her that attention that she craved. Like I think that's why possibly there were so many fights with the, with the family. Cause it's like, she's not getting it from anywhere. And like, she's overcompensating by get it from, getting it from so many outside sources and like on this rise to stardom. And it's like, well, the family's not giving me the attention. Like Kim craves like a certain level of attention that only Kanye can give her. I completely agree. Like for anybody else, the amount of attention Reggie was giving her would probably have been perfect for her. It was like, no one's giving me enough attention. Right. Like she was like, I'm so miserable. I kind of just want to come home. And he's like, okay, so come home as opposed to like, I'm getting you out of flight right now. Right. Right. So tell us, okay. So tell us about the sidekick fight. This is when they're all in the living room downstairs and Chris basically goes apeshit on, on Kim. So Chris is like, if you, like, why don't you just hang out with them? Because Caitlin's like, no one wants to hang out. No one wants to talk. Courtney and Courtney and Chloe are like, we're hanging out. We're all together. Obviously, little Kendall and Kylie are hanging out with everybody. And Chris grabs the sidekick out of Kim's hand and throws it behind the couch. It's like, what if I just whoop and throws it behind the couch? Kim obviously freaks the fuck out. And she's like, if you don't want it done to you, then don't do it to somebody else. And I'm going to throw your Blackberry. And she goes into Chris's purse, which by the way, if you can notice, somehow Chris's Blackberry wasn't in her hand. When was the last time we saw Chris Jenner without a phone in her hand? I mean, this episode. This episode. Breckenridge, Colorado, 2008, for sure. Goes from the living room to the kitchen to get the phone. It's not even in the same room as her. I can't. Grabs it out of her purse, goes upstairs and throws it off the balcony. And drama ensues. This is when Kim then runs upstairs crying hysterically and Courtney comes in to like talk to her about it and she's like, Courtney is cracking up. She's like, 
Kim does this ugly crying face. This was the first time we saw Kim's crying face. She's like, I, I can't handle it. And Kim's hysterically crying. She's like, Courtney, you're laughing at me. You're laughing at me and I'm upset. And Courtney cannot control herself. Courtney, and this is this is the famous clip, you guys. This 2008 Breckenridge, Colorado episode is when we got number one, the infamous Kim's crying face. Like we never saw it until this episode. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that scene where Courtney is with the long beach waves and the red silk shirt. And she says to the confessional, I just can't not laugh when Kim is crying. And like this set the scene for the most iconic moment of Kardashian world in our lives. You know what I mean? (laughs) I can't get, we were watching this and we were having an out of body experience. And I don't, I'm not saying that lightly. And then my favorite line is when they're all downstairs in the living room and they're like trying to know what to do to deal with Kim. And Chris says to Kylie, like, can you just go get Kim and tell her to come downstairs and tell her we love her? And Chloe goes, tell her I have a Cartier watch for her. She'll come right down. That was the most relatable line in TV history. Like, if, that, if, that was, if I was Kim, I would have been downstairs in two seconds. But it was just, uh, it was perfect. It was literally, that was the last time the world was perfect. Now she would not get out of Obama bed. Obama was president, like. <laughs> yeah, life was good. She would not get out of bed for a Cartier watch. Remember now, wait, okay, I'm going to tell you something. In that episode, Chloe trying to convince Kim to come downstairs, the way that she can do it is a Cartier watch. Now let me take you to 2019. Kylie Jenner would not eat a cockroach for a million dollars. Like, how times have changed in 11 years? It's really crazy. Because it's also also crazy because we talk about them like... We, they had money, like they had money. And it's just like now when you look at them, it's like this different lifestyle. It's it's all these things. And it's just so crazy looking back on the way they lived, which even we consider like the most simplest of times. And they still had a, redi- like a ridiculous lifestyle. Yeah, completely. It was no by no means the norm of like America in any world. But for us to looking at it, we have such a warped lens almost because yeah. what we expect of them now is so beyond. But what, you know, when Kim was so miserable and she's upstairs and she wants to go home, her options of getting home, she's genuinely considering taking a bus. Wait, no. So this is what happens. So they all go the next day. They decide to go dog sledding. And Kim's like, I don't want to go. And they're like, fine. We don't give a fuck. Stay here. So they get back after like their long day of dog sledding. And everyone's like, has anybody seen Kim? And they're like, Chloe's like, yeah, I saw her door closed before. Like, I think she's in there whatever. And, and Chris is like, can you just go check and make sure? And Chloe goes up to the room. Kim's not there. So now they're all freaking out. They're like, oh, where the fuck is Kim? So they're calling her, calling her, whatever. Kim is sitting in a bus station. She went to the bus station. Truthfully, my jaw was on the floor. Truthfully, my jaw was on the floor. In what world do they not have a private jet waiting? You know what I mean? Like this was, or even any ability to get out of there other than a bus, a bus. Chloe calls her and Kim's like, yeah, I guess I'll call like, Chloe calls her and apologizes. Like, I really want you to come back. Kim's like, F- I would be looking for any excuse that I have to take a bus and comes right back. Yeah. I mean, of course, end of the episode, just like everything else, they make up and it's fine and it's great. But we really were on, for us at least watching this, this was the episode that inspired us to do this entire podcast episode because we couldn't believe how much happened before anything even happened. You know, like, I think that watching it now is far more fascinating than it, watching it then because we didn't have— Beyond. Then it was all we knew. Now we're looking at it and we're like, okay, Kylie's a billionaire with a kid uh, potentially engaged to Travis Scott. Like, Kendall is one of the most highest-paid supermodels in the world. We're just like, wow. I just—every time I wish, I'm like, I want to be like, oh, my God, if I could just tell you what's going to happen, you guys are not going to believe this shit. You're going to be like, Chloe, <laughs> take a, sit, sit down for this one. <laughs> Chloe, sit down. Chris, we got something to tell you. (laughs) For everyone, really. Truthfully, really. 
Okay. Do you feel like there's anything else of that trip that you want to sum up? I mean, listen, we're, we, of course we can't go through all the details on all these. It's just, I don't know. We had so much fun doing this and we just wanted to share the nostalgic joy with the rest of you. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Let's keep moving, kid. We are now going from snowy Colorado to the sunshine warmth of Bora Bora. Wow, that was a beautiful... Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for taking us there. Is that a scenic route? I loved it. <laughs> We're now three years later in 2011. And for anybody who's looking for a visual representation of where they were and maybe isn't so familiar just by hearing the name, this was the infamous huts, the huts in the middle of the ocean. And by hut, I mean the most luxurious hut you've ever seen. But that is the image that should be in your head. You guys know Bora Bora. Yes. You, you know. Let's not pretend yet. <laughs> <laughs> they stayed at, and don't mind my pronunciation, Hilton Nui, I think that's what it's called. The presidential suite is $5,000 a night. So you can imagine that this was a very expensive vacation. And in these three years, you definitely can see the progression in their wealth. Is that fair to say? Definitely. And in a million other aspects, which we'll get into. So the reason that they're going is for Chris and Caitlin's anniversary. At the time, Kim is with Chris Humphreys. Scott is with Courtney and they have Mason. So Mason's like 18 months old, I think. He's Yeah, he's still young. Uh, Chloe was with Lamar. They're not there. And Kendall and Kylie, of course, you know, still single, still young, but definitely you could definitely see the maturity from the last trip. You know, they're definitely more, quote, like real people now. If I was Chloe, I'd be so upset that I stayed back from the Bora Bora vacation for Lamar's NBA finals game. It's like, what? Talk about a ride or die, as we always say. It's beyond. But just like in retrospect. I know, beyond. So this episode centers around a couple of things. Obviously, you know, Chris and Caitlin's vow renewal, which we will get into, but also... Chris Humphreys is is new in the family. They're not married yet. And the people, they're not really vibing with him. They're just not big fans of his. And, you know, I think in this family, which I think is very typical in a lot of big families, the way that a dislike or a skepticism manifests itself is in almost turning into an interrogation. So would you say that that's true? Yes. What we see a lot is all of them, the siblings and Chris and Caitlin, kind of just like interrogating Chris Humphreys as to his plans with Kim and marriage and kids and all of these other things. And as you know, Chris is by no means the most gracious person. And he was visibly frustrated and visibly overwhelmed. Correct. I mean, listen, it, it, we all got that vibe from Chris. And I think it was probably really frustrating on both hands. Like one for the family to be like, why is she with this guy that we're all getting the worst vibe from and the worst thing with? But on the other hand, for Kim to be like, why is my family not like, vibing with this guy that I love and I'm bringing on vacation. It's something that we talk about a lot, like in our own personal lives, the idea of potentially ever being with someone who was not, like, I I just feel like, you know, with the Kardashians and with you and I, and a lot of people, you know, family is so important. And of course, in an ideal world, your significant other would fit in seamlessly. And what happens when they don't, you know? I don't know. I just think it's an interesting, I don't have the answer for it. I think for me, it's so much easier said than done. I've never been in that situation, but I don't, I don't know if I could imagine myself being with someone that didn't fit in with my family. At the same time, I, I don't know what I would do. And what if I was so madly in love and I felt like they were crazy for not getting it? But it's just hard. No, it, yeah, it is hard because it's like a lot of the times it's like, wow, like especially in this case, like what a red flag that, that my whole family just couldn't get along with him and I didn't see it. But on the other hand, it's like, Sometimes you love somebody so much and they are right for you and it's not fair that your family can't see it. So it's, yeah, no, it's it's not as black and white as you would think. Absolutely not. On this trip, Chris Humphreys finds out he never knew that Kim was married when she was 19, which I think most of us obviously know, but this was the first time that Chris was finding out about it. 
When Julie and I were doing a little bit more research on this, did you guys know that her marriage lasted four years? Yeah, the, the divorce was finalized in 2014. I think they got separated in 2003, but it's actually a really interesting story when you read she it. She meant 2004, not 2014. What'd I say? You said 2014. Sorry, 2004. Wow, that would have been fucking nuts. <laughs> that would have been insane. I just don't want to confuse anyone. Um, no, 2004, I'm sorry. Um, but when you when you read about it, it's actually a really interesting story because it says that he had filed for divorce in 2003 or 2004, but he was the one that filed. But when Kim talks about it and says what happened, he apparently got like physically and emotionally abusive with her. So I don't know. She really doesn't talk about it often. He's like, he was a big shot music producer. I don't know where he is now. Um, what we do know though, which she revealed a couple seasons ago is that when they walked down the aisle, she was on ecstasy. Remember when that famous scene from a couple seasons ago or last season when she yeah, was like, she says the, uh, the two times I did ecstasy one time I made a sex tape. The other time I got married. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Don't do ecstasy, kids. Yeah, ser- seriously. <laughs> or do. I mean, <laughs> like, look a bit broader. <laughs> I'm fully kidding, obviously. Um, Unless that's what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know, I just want to take a second to talk about the vow renewal because it was a really, it was a really important point of, on this trip when, you know, Caitlin felt it was felt strongly about doing this renewal and kind of reigniting the flame that was maybe a little bit lost. Well, it was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin took the reins and was handling everything, which as you know, if you know anything about their marriage, that was very not typical. Right. Chris was the one who did everything. And it was really nice of Caitlin to kind of take that initiative. But the underlying issue which came out was that Chris wasn't really feeling the best about herself at the time. Kind of the way she looked and her body and she didn't want that attention. She didn't want the picture. She didn't want the whole thing. And it was a very interesting, you know, now watching it so many years later, I, I think it's almost like a, an a interesting statement about women's perception of their selves and how that can influence kind of the whole vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how intensely, how when you're not feeling good about yourself, your body, your looks potentially. It's like every everything else suffers. Everything else suffers. And of course the goal, like we talk about this a lot, just like personally, and I think we talk about it on Patreon and stuff, is like, in an ideal world, that wouldn't be the case, right? Like our worth is not our looks. And I so badly wish that we all, women and men, could internalize that. But I think it's sometimes really hard, whatever, just, that's a whole other conversation. But you really got to see it here, how it how it so intensely took her over, right? Yeah, it was. And it's not a position we normally see Chris in because she's like the, like the picture of confidence, I feel like usually. So this, it's like, and she's she's having trouble verbalizing what it is. So everyone's like, why aren't you like, why don't you want to be in pictures? Why aren't you doing this with Caitlin? Why don't you want to like renew your vows and all these things? And she's like, I just don't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And it took the family a really long time to understand. And it also took her a really long time to understand that it's like, it's not about that. Like, that's not what this trip is about. It's not what this vow renewal is about. It's not what anything is about, really. It just goes to the bigger point of like, we are always more critical of ourselves than other people are of us, right? Nobody else was looking at the fact of what she thought she had to lose 10 pounds. Nobody cares about that. They were so excited to be with her on this like joyous occasion. And here she is only thinking about how she's going to look in a dress, which is the most relatable thing ever personally. Like I think as women and just as people in society, but it's so saddening watching it because we're watching it from the perspective of like, wow, look at this amazing moment. And I'm so upset for you that it was kind of ruined or almost ruined by that. Also, another thing about Chris that we have to remember is that you know, while the Kardashians were definitely getting big at this time, it wasn't, they didn't, like, looks-wise, it, it wasn't like they were as, I guess, put together as they are now. It's like, now it's just a different level. Like, when you see Kris Jenner, it's like, oh, my God. Chris during then, was, like, 
insecure about getting older and all these things. Now when people talk about Chris, it's constantly, 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 look how amazing she looks for age. She looks so good for, if I look that well, that, that good at her age, then like I'll be the, but it wasn't like that for her. So she didn't have that outside support coming in. So in her head, it's just, I'm getting older and I'm not happy with it. Right. Now it's like, oh my God, everybody should look like me at this age. I know. It's so, it really, oh. I don't want to get into this now because it's not the time. This is like lighthearted and I want to keep it like that, but it's so fucked up. You know what I mean? Like it's so fucked up that it takes the outside public or the media to to acknowledge and to like appreciate your aging to to then be okay with aging. Like this whole war on aging. Well, is also just, she like has fought her own war on aging with work definitely, so. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's just so much that goes into it. It's like, why are we so afraid of getting older? Shouldn't be the thrill that like, thank God we have another day on this planet. I know that's ideal, idealistic, but it's just like, I was so upset watching this for that reason, you know? Let's <laughs> sorry. Okay, let's get back to business. Okay, I want to talk about Chris Humphreys again. So as you know, like I said, they're not really getting along with him, but he takes the initiative to ask Caitlin for Kim's hand in marriage, basically to ask permission. Which not that it wasn't expected, but we were like, wow, that's like, that, that's let's see how this one turns out. Kind of, Caitlin was, yeah, on board. It was kind of like if Kimmy's happy, then we're happy. Then we're type happy. Thing. Yeah. The they used to call her Kimmy. They never call her Kimmy anymore. I think it's because Caitlyn primarily did, and now we don't see their interaction. Chris did a lot too, I think. I don't know. I think that, yeah, I think Caitlyn still calls her Kimmy. So the obviously most iconic moment of potentially Kardashian vacation history, but also of this episode, was when they're all in the water and Kim and Chris Humphreys are playing, and Chris playfully, but also kind of aggressively, throws her into the ocean, which if you know anything about Kim, like she's not a down-ass bitch. Like that is not, she's like so- Did you just say down-ass bitch? I did, yeah. Is that not, is that not exactly the anti-her? Like, <laughs> tell me a world where Kim Kardashian is thrilled about being thrown into the tell ocean. Tell me a world where Emma Diamond <laughs> says things like down-ass bitch. Like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I don't know. I feel like I'm in 2011, like here. <laughs> Just go, just go, just go. Don't ask bitch, I can't. So Chris throws her in and her diamond earring falls out. Julie, take us away. I know you guys all know this, but it's just so fun to recap. Kim, obviously, as I will say it a million times until the day I fucking die, freaks the fuck out because her $75,000 earring fell out of her ear. And I will say it again. I will say it every single day until I die. It would have been worse if the earring fell out and she didn't react. If she lost a $75,000 diamond and her reaction was, oh, that's too bad. Obviously she cried. She worked really fucking hard for those earrings. Anyways, she freaks out. Kendall and Kylie end up uh, the unsung heroes of the episode because they go down and they find the earring, which honestly should be an ad for Bora Bora in itself. Like, water is so blue that you can find Kim Kardashian's diamond earring. Literally. Literally. I can't believe it's not. And I have to tell you that every single time I'm in a body of water, pool, lake, ocean, I grab my earrings like my life depends on it. Oh, same. I do 17 checks every single time in the water. Fully because because of of that episode. Same. Absolutely same. This is when we get the infamous gif of Courtney completely downplaying Kim's meltdown and saying like, Kim, there are people that are dying. Scott has also the funniest line in the episode where he goes, could have had seven broken bones and not cried, but that one year. <laughs> I relate to that so hard. I just think that, you know, of course that was hilarious and iconic for so many different reasons. But I think one of the biggest for me, at least, and for us when we were watching it, takeaways from that part was like that one moment of of Chris throwing her in to me was so indicative of the bigger idea that like he just did not really understand her. No. 
They were just because not- if you think for one second Kanye would throw Kim into the water without her permission, you've got another fucking thing coming. You really have another thing coming. In in what world? And it was just such a difference in their personalities and their perception level and their and their awareness and so many a million different things that I honestly can't believe they really survived that trip. Yeah. I can't believe they walked down the aisle after that. Quite frankly, I can't believe Kim was. I can't. She was not a down ass bitch. No. <laughs> Hey, look at you. You like my lingo. Also, um, just interesting to note, this was when Scott and Rob weren't really getting along at the time. And they they make up and everything is fine. But um, it w- Scott and Rob on vacations was like a yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like going into this one, they were fighting. Rob thought he was a douche, like all of these things. And then they make up. And that's when they like start drinking together and they're biking around the island together. And um Scott is in the wagon in the back and Rob's riding the bike and they're just like fucking around. Like it was just so funny and cute and nostalgic. Obviously, Courtney is just like so upset. She's like, here I am with our son and you're fucking around with my brother. And it's like, why can't you? It's just like, it was a classic plot point. It was a classic plot point of Rob and Scott fucking around. It was a classic plot point of Scott trying to do whatever he wants and Courtney not having it. Exactly. There were so many classic things that just repeated themselves throughout the episodes. And I think in an episode like this, it just really took it to the next level. So that was... Iconic for so many different reasons, and we had a hell of a time recapping it and watching it. We're taking a quick break to tell you guys about honey. Okay, so what is honey? Let's talk about something that we can all agree on, which is saving money. So honey is a free browser extension that scans the web for coupon codes and discounts while you shop online. So basically, it automatically applies the biggest savings to your card at checkout like magic. And the cool thing is that it works on over 20,000 sites. For example, Amazon, Nordstrom, J.Crew, Nike, et cetera. It takes zero effort to install. It's two clicks and you start saving anytime you shop online. I tried this, obviously. And the story that I always tell, I was buying this, this pair of shoes. I ended up saving like, I don't even know how much, 27 something dollars, but I was mind blown because I literally did nothing. Like I just went on Nordstrom's and my total completely subtracted. There's so many reviews and, and things online. Um, one person wrote, I totally thought Honey was a scam, but I just got $300 worth of bathing suits for 180 And that's the thing. It's like there are a lot of, I think, misconceptions about Honey because people think that it sounds too good to be true. You know, like it's free, it saves you money, what's the catch? Here's the deal. It's pretty simple. So when you use a coupon provided by Honey, they earn a small commission from the merchant and they pass along some of the savings to their members. So it's a win-win for everybody. They're super transparent about how it works. Like it's literally, there's no reason not to. So look, there is no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Don't take it from me, take it from our listeners. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash CBC. That's joinhoney.com slash CBC. Honey, online savings simplified. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. 
We are now staying in the sunshine and we're going to 2012. They stayed at Casa de Campo. This was when Kim gets to pick where they're going for the family vacation and she picks the Dominican Republic. So let's do some background as to where the family was at this time. Scott and Caitlin were fighting because previous to going on the trip, they're at the racetrack and Caitlin is introducing Scott to her friends and she says, oh, this is Scott, he's a friend. And Scott was really hurt and kind of offended by that as like, what do you mean I'm a friend? I am Courtney's significant other. I am the father of your grandchild and I'm part of the family, which understandably so. Right. To this day, I, I still... Tell me if you think I'm wrong because I, I don't have a strong enough stance on this. I could easily be swayed. I don't think that Caitlin had any malicious intent. I genuinely think she just didn't know the correct way to say it and didn't think of how it would emotionally impact Scott. Correct. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, their their relationship was also really rocky. And I remember in, in uh, Caitlin's Diane Sawyer or, or the, the special, I don't remember which one it was, Scott being like, I, it's so important to me that I know this about Caitlin now and that I've gotten to this because there was always a disconnect between us and now I finally understand why. Completely. Also in terms of, you know, Courtney and Scott's dynamic, they, you know, this was when, first of all, Courtney was pregnant with Penelope and Scott was, they were having fun. It wasn't like they were constantly fighting, but Scott was definitely, we really got to see his wild tendencies, if you want to call them, pick up. And like Julie said before, Courtney wasn't thrilled. Like, as always, she just wasn't thrilled. You know, biggest takeaways also just from watching all of these things is like, talk about the glow up of Scott Disick, not from a looks perspective, not only from a looks perspective, I'll say, but from the maturity level. It's it's unbelievable. Let me tell you something. A lot happens when you decide to grow up and grow a beard. That's all I'll say. Every, Every man has to hit a point in their lives where they say, I'm a man and it's time for me to have facial hair. Yes. And that's what happened to Scott Disick. Absolutely. You know, Courtney gets Scott a commitment bracelet because Scott really wanted to get married. As you know, Scott kind of always wanted to get married. And Penelope was on the way, all these things. And Courtney just didn't want to. So her kind of, I don't know, her her solution to that was getting a commitment bracelet to kind of signify that she was in it, but she didn't want to seal it with marriage. Pretty sure she had him a love bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. But the, they had this deal, though, that they were going to get married if they got pregnant again. And she still, she was pregnant with Penelope on the trip and she still didn't want to get married. And what the only thing I can compare this to is that the whole time where they were fighting about getting married, she would always explain it as like, I have such trust issues because of my parents' marriage that I don't want to do that again. Like, I, I'm happy in our relationship. I don't think we need marriage to do it. I think things go wrong when people get married. And I think she really points that. I think that she had a lot of reservations about Scott and wasn't fully in it. And what I can compare it to is um, Chloe not doing her fertility treatments because she knew something was off with Lamar and didn't want to get pregnant. I think that's an excellent comparison. Thank you. Although one could argue like <laughs> when Courtney did it a little bit too, quote, late, but not at all because it was the best thing ever having those three kids. But you no, know what because, I mean? because I think that, I, I don't think Chloe would regret having a kid with Lamar, but I think it was not, I don't think Chloe could have handled taking care of Lamar and taking care of a baby. Whereas when it's with Tristan, it's like, I don't have to take care of you. You're an asshole. You're gone. Like we can have custody. We can co-parent a child. You're old enough to take care of yourself. The way it was with Lamar is that Chloe had to take care of Lamar and also just, it would have been way too much for her to take care of a kid and take care of him. Absolutely. And I think that Courtney is, would have been ecstatic to have those kids with Scott no matter what. And I think that there's zero regret on her part. Oh, completely. Also, you know, in terms of Scott and Rob's relationship, like this was when they were prime. First of all, this was, you know, 
we don't we have not seen Rob in action, like really in action in his true self in so long. And watching these episodes, it was so nostalgic and such like a, oh my God, I miss you. But it was also so sad. It's like he used to be just like, he was the life of the party. He was the funniest guy. He wanted to do everything. And it's just so sad because as you're watching, especially the progression of, of the vacation episodes, which we're going to get into more, it's like you go from Rob, who was every adventure, every person wanted to hang out with him. He was the light of the trip. And then all of a sudden it's like, is Rob even coming on these trips anymore? Rob stopped coming on the trips. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Scott and Rob are having the time of their life. They're drinking and Scott pees in the trash can in the kitchen. Kim finds out about it. Kim tells Courtney, and obviously Courtney bugs out. I remember watching this and being like, you're being so fucking dramatic. But like, I got it, but I also just felt like she was being dramatic at the time when I'm saying when I initially watched yeah. it. And, you know, Courtney and Scott are fighting. Now Kim and Rob are fighting because Rob snitched, and, and Kim then told, and, and it was just like a, it was just a classic family fight. It's like, I told you that in confidence. Why did you have to tell Courtney? Watching it now, though, we're like, oh, you guys were so young and naive. Yeah. Like, if you only knew the shit that was going to— Scott peeing in a trash can should be literally the least of the worries. You know what I mean? I have to tell you, this is, like, one of my favorite episodes as I was looking back on it. Because remember the music video? Do do I remember the music video? Which would make sense since we watched it last night six times. But holy fuck. This is when they make that music video. And Natty and Spencer, Kendall and Kylie's friends, where the siblings were there, we did a little checkup on them. They're doing pretty good in the— in yeah. the Instagram world. They're both upwards of 70,000 followers. We can't really figure out much else. They seem to go to Coachella a lot. Yeah. So good for them. Good but for them. anyways, back on track. This is when they make the music video to Hypnotize Me by Biggie. And they like roll in with the cars and then they're on the boat. Kim's ass is like splashing in the water. Scott's rapping. No. Obviously, this is the... Let me tell you something. I, I really feel strongly about this. For anybody, whether you've seen the video 10 million times or you've never seen it in your life, pause this episode right now. Come back. Obviously, we miss you already. But <laughs> Google Kardashian Hypnotized by Biggie music video and just watch it so that you can really be in this moment with us because truthfully, I cannot believe this happened. How did we get so lucky to have this footage? I don't know. Julie, how? Everything from- Why'd they stop making these? Rapping on the boat to throwing the money in the air. The most ridiculous Caitlin thing. Caitlin slapping Chris's ass on the, top, on, the, on the front of the yacht. Like, the they're bl- throwing my- Oh my God. It was, so, it was so good. It was so good, you guys. It was so good. It would never happen now like this. Also, the, the fucking production quality. Like, the, the, the lips are not matched up with the words. Nothing is happening. I thought it was amazing. It, well it was just everything. It was everything I could have ever wanted and so much more. There were also so many other iconic parts of this trip. This is when Chris has that allergic reaction and her, reaction and her lips blow up. And they were like, mom, you got Botox in the Dominican Republic? She's like, no, I swear it was allergic reaction. And then this is also when Caitlin and Chris get into that fight because in the episode prior, Chris was going to see Todd Waterman for the first time in years and like chickened out and couldn't do it and was going to meet him and then drove away, remember? Todd Waterman, I know most of you know, is the guy that Chris had the affair with when she was married to Robert Kardashian. And obviously, she, she not obviously, she didn't tell Caitlin about this because she didn't even end up seeing him. And... Um, Kaylin would have had an issue with this, of course, because it's not just seeing somebody that she had cheated on Rob with. She also, in the beginning of her relationship with Kaylin, was still sleeping with Todd Waterman. So there's so many things there. And Chloe lets it slip at dinner that she saw Todd Waterman, even though she she didn't. And there's that huge fight between Kate and Chris about it. I felt, I remember watching that like the first time and feeling like it was authentic, the fight. Yeah. Like, I think Caitlyn was really caught off guard. Caught off guard. I always felt that... Um, the issues between Caitlyn and Chris were genuinely authentic. There was a lot of plot points, and there were some that were that were dumb. 
But I felt like every fight they had, even the dumb ones, had the underlying issue of like, Caitlyn not feeling like she had enough space. Caitlyn not feeling like she had enough say in their marriage. Caitlyn not feeling, and like Chris feeling like Caitlyn didn't understand her for a lot of things. I don't know. I always felt like their fights were were real. To- completely. They were maybe magnified by ridiculous plot lines, but yes, I always felt like the root of it was definitely real. Anything else that you want to touch on from this vacation? It was just, it was just really fun. They were all so epic. Like there's no other word to describe all of them. But is there any other major points? Because the next one, the next is a biggie. Yeah, the reason that I that I think the next that we chose to do it in this order and go to the next one aside from just chronologically is because in talking about a lot of the fights or a lot of the roots of the fights between Chris and Caitlin, we really got to see this in its full extent in 2013 when they went to Greece. Let me explain where everybody is right now. Courtney and Scott together, they have Penelope and Mason, not Rain yet. But they're definitely, um, their relationship is definitely moving from Courtney being frustrated by him being immature to Courtney now getting mad at him for his partying and the other stuff. And, it, and it's definitely uh, taken to the next level. Absolutely. Uh, Kim's divorce is finally finalized from Chris and she is pregnant with Norris and together with Kanye. Can you believe it? What a difference two years makes. What Let me a tell you. damn difference. I can't believe it. I can't believe she was just thrown into the Borobora Oceans by some fucking raging madman two years ago, and here she is now. And let me tell you something. She is so goddamn pregnant. Yeah. She is so goddamn. Kanye couldn't come, which obviously was, uh, our hearts went out. We missed him so much, <laughs> but it was okay. We made it through the trip without him. Um, Kendall and Kylie are like people now. They're just like people. Kendall and Kylie are fully people. It's just so weird. So in this episode, Scott, interestingly, doesn't come with them right away. Scott is in London and meets them after in like Santorini. Like they do meet Gnosis and Santorini and he meets them for Santorini. And he's saying, he's like, I can't handle it. He's like, it's too much. He's like, he's basically saying, he's like, I'm an only child. I grew up with me and just my parents. And to be on these family vacations where it's like they already you know, are so critical of me to have all of these people coming at me at a dinner and all of these people, he's like, it's too much for me. So I'm going to come meet, he's like, I obviously want to be with Courtney. I obviously want to be with the kids, but I just can't do the whole thing. So he goes to London and then he's going to meet them after. Everyone else is there. This is also, Chloe and Lamar are not in a good place. I think, does Chloe come on this trip? I don't even, if she did, it was not the most memorable part. I don't, I honestly don't even remember. But I think, you know, this, this, episode or this trip was really centered around what Julie said, the Scott thing. And then also the bigger underlying issue, which is like we were talking about before, which was that Chris originally didn't include Brody on the vacation. And Caitlin was really upset by that because Brandon and Leah were going, Caitlin's other kids. and Oh, Chloe was here for this. Chloe. I'm just remembering. Chloe was here, but it, she wasn't with Lamar and she was obviously going through it, but she was there. You know, and, and initially Chris didn't invite Brody and Caitlin was really upset by that. And Chris was kind of saying, like, it's not that I didn't want him there. It's just that every time I invite him, he doesn't come. Eventually, of course, he ends up coming. And that's to me, was the most fascinating part of the trip, which I really want to get into all of that. But, you know, absolutely, I think we really got to see some— we never really see the rawness between Chris and Brody's relationship, and we got to see it for the first time ever here. Which and it was true? the first time that they, they really confronted their issues. So let's take a moment and just talk about that. So— Brody was, you know, happy to be included once he finally was, but he held on to this resentment that he wasn't included at first. So what basically happens is that Brody and Rob are together. This is before the episode, and Rob gets the email um, 
about the family trip. Brandon and Leah are on the email chain and Brody isn't. Brody's like, what the fuck? Rob's like, I'm sure you're invited. It's not a big deal. Like, there's no way they'd invite Brody and Leah. And I mean, Brandon and Leah and not you. And they have this talk. Brody ends up getting invited. But the whole time that he's there, he's like, well, it's not like I was invited in the first place. It's not like I was invited in the first place. So they're being like passive aggressive. Chris and, and Brody are being a little passive aggressive. And then Chris kind of gets upset about Brody being passive aggressive and then kind of kicks it into overdrive. Remember, she like kicks it into overdrive trying to be um, nice to him. So she's like rubbing oil on his back on the boat, trying to be really motherly. And he's like, this is weird. He's like, we've never had this relationship before. She's really forcing it. It's like making me uncomfortable. Um, he's kind of talking to everybody but Chris about it. And they have this moment where they're sitting on the yacht where Chris says, I, I want to talk to you about the way you feel about me like as, as a mother now. And Brody's like, listen, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Like, we've never had this conversation before. I want to be brutally honest. He, and he basically says to Chris that he feels like they, they never had a relationship because Chris kept Caitlin away from him. Or, or they had this whole family that didn't include Brody. And, and Chris was explaining, like, she was like, I... When I became a stepmom, she was like, I was so excited. She was like, your dad your your dad and your mom had been separated for eight to 10 years already. It wasn't like I was coming in and wrecking this family or taking your dad away from your mom. It was like, I thought it was going to be this seamless transition because of where your family was. And I thought we were just going to blend together perfectly. And she's like, and that's not what happened. And Brody basically is like, that's never the way it happens. It's never how it happens. And something that you have to remember is that Caitlin wasn't the same way with Kendall and Kylie and the girls that she was with Brandon and Brody growing up. When Brandon and Brody were growing up, it was kind of at like the the peak of her career and she was not the most involved dad. And Brody has a lot of resentment about that. And I think instead of taking it out on Kaylin, he really took it out on Chris. And that was really the root of their episodes, of their, not episodes, root of their issues. And one more thing. The other issue that Brody brings up that he has with Chris is he's like, listen, I didn't grow up like this. Like you value a lot of things that I don't value. Brody's like, I like to go ATVing and doing all these things. And he's like, I like hanging out with family. And Chris is like, you don't get it. Like I love spending money. I love yachts. I love my things. I love these vacations. But she's like, the joy I get out of it is that I do all of those things with my family. She's like, there's nothing more important to me than family. And there's nothing more important to me than you. And Brody's like, not buying it. And she's like, listen to me. I'm not bullshitting you here. Like, I want to have a relationship with you more than anything in the world, but you need to be willing to have one with me. And, and it was just a really interesting, like, to watch them finally have that conversation. It was a never- for me, at least, it was a never-before-seen thing. I, I was always fascinated by that dynamic or lack thereof, and we actually got to see the root of it. That was a, that was an authentic conversation. Yeah. Because Brody doesn't—Brody, in my opinion, has never been, like, a, a people pleaser. Like, he doesn't say things lightly. He kind of just says what it no, comes to mind. No, he's—yeah. He doesn't care how it comes across. I don't think that his first thought when he's making a statement is how it's going to impact the other person's, like, emotions, which makes for great television, quite frankly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I couldn't be married to him, but I love the— but oh, boy, he's so hot. fucking hot, honestly. He's so hot. He's so hot. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, holy fuck, you are hot. Yeah, he is so fucking sexy. But yeah, I mean, I it, it, they definitely have very different ways about going out, going about their lives and their interactions. Like everybody who meets Chris says like, yeah, she's, she's a boss and she's a hard ass. However, she always makes sure that everybody feels like the most important person in the room. I can confidently say from watching, I don't know him, that that's not the way that Brody interacts. So it's just, it is, it is a really complicated dynamic. Also, like, 
I get Brody's frustration, even if it's not, even if it's directed at the wrong person. I understand feeling like, where the fuck was my dad when I was growing up? And now all of a sudden he has this, these kids with this new woman and he's father of the year. Yeah, you know, no, like, I totally get it. It was, it was definitely misplaced anger. And I, I, I really think that Bro- what Brody was saying was that he resented Chris when he should have been resenting his father. He really blamed Chris and thought that Chris was keeping Caitlin away from the family. And that's just not what happened at all. Also, just to circle back to the Scott narrative for a second, like Julie said, he's in London because he really couldn't deal with being there. And while he's in there, um, the he he meets them he meets them for the last couple of days of the trip. But while he's in London, there are these pictures of him that surface of him like leaving the club with a couple of girls. Courtney knew that he didn't do anything. He didn't cheat on her, but she was just upset that he even put himself in that position to be photographed there, to be in that environment. And like Julie said, we definitely got to see a lot of the not the start because it had been starting, but the intensification of their problems because of his ways. I also want to make a point to say two things. Number one, kind of a stupid narrative, but it seems to happen a lot that Kendall was feeling pissed because she felt like left out, which- What's up with that? I don't know. It happens. She's like, no one's talking to me on this. She's older now. Like, it's not like she's like a child. Like she was, I think she was, I don't know. She had been 16 at this point and she's just like upset. That, and two, Rob did not come on this trip. It was a very purposeful decision to not come. And this was really, if I had to pinpoint the beginning of the Rob Kardashian going MIA, this was would this. be it. It was this trip because this was a, a too big of a trip to just skip for no reason. Correct. And Brody was really upset, actually. Brody was the most upset about Rob not coming. Because Brody's like, I, I came because Rob was coming. I came because I'm at Rob's house and having a conversation with him about how I wanted to go on the vacation with him and I was upset I wasn't included. And then Rob doesn't even show up. Yeah beyond. We also just wanted to outline three hilarious quotes that are completely out of order, but they're just so funny. The first was, before they leave for, you want to say it? Before they leave for Greece, Scott's throwing Courtney the surprise party for her birthday. And they're going to Tony's, which is this Greek restaurant that Courtney loves. It's like her favorite restaurant. And Courtney like didn't want to go there for her birthday. So they're at the house. Everyone's at the restaurant. Scott is trying to get her to leave. And she's like, come on, like Tony's, it's going to be such a great pre-Greece dinner. Like it's going to get us really in the mood, whatever. And she's like, I don't want, can you call Nobu? Like I want to go to Nobu. She's like, he's like, I already called Nobu. They said they don't have anything. And Courtney's so confused. She's like, I'm sure we can just walk yeah. in. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, granted to that point, you can just walk in. Like Scott had nothing to say. They finally get her there. And then two other really funny quotes is Scott's explaining how he's going to London instead of um, instead of the trip right away. And he's like, I have to go to London. He's like, I'm a lord when I'm in London. The royal people want to see their people. That was, I mean, fucking talk about it. Is he not, he, talk about Harry. Like I he, loved Lord Disick. Oh my God. Lord, Lord Disick is a fucking mood and a half. Prince Harry, literally who? I'm William sorry. shaking. William, yeah, William with that head of hair. George is, is fucking shaking. Shaking, absolutely. Also, my hands down favorite quote of the episode is when Kim was talking about Kanye being a dad and she goes, he always says, there's nothing I love more in this world than you and myself. So imagine the combination of the two. If that doesn't sum it up so perfectly, I literally don't know what does because here's the thing. Kanye's an amazing dad for a million different reasons and he loves his kids for so many different reasons, but also like probably the biggest is because they're literally half of him. And half of Kim. And half of Kim. Like, it, it just so, it was so yeah. perfect. So iconic. Okay. We are now going one year later to Thailand. This is 2014. And they stay at, pronunciation again, Inyala Beach House. This was 
It's a resort. It's estimated around $150,000 a week. So you can just imagine they ain't in Breckenridge anymore. No, they right? ain't. We ain't in Breckenridge yeah. anymore. So this was when Caitlin and Chris announced that they are officially separating. This makes total sense because Caitlin was living in the Malibu house at the time. And, you know, they're separated, but they're definitely still civil compared to what was going to ensue. And so Caitlin comes on the vacation with them. Chloe is living in Rob's condo because her relationship with Lamar had ended. They're no longer living in the house. And, you know, just just imagine for a second where we are there. I mean, things are so different than they were a couple years ago than they are now. This was a really... I would say out of all of the vacations, this was potentially one of the most transitional ones because yes. so many major life events were happening. Would you say that that's true? Right. So Courtney and Scott have rain now. Um, Kim and Kanye had just done the Vogue cover of, it was like the biggest deal, Kim and Kanye's Vogue cover. And did you know that Kanye was only the fifth guy to ever be on the cover of Vogue? No. So they're like, talk, like it was such a, it was such a huge thing for them. Um, they're going to get married soon. They're planning their wedding. There were just so many things. Like, Kendall and Kylie are full-grown adults now. No, Kendall and Kylie are fully adults. Like, (laughs) they're not in their limited two tank tops anymore. Rob is really, like, at his, you know, pit almost is is how I would describe it. He doesn't come on the trip, but he's living with— Chloe's moving in with him because her and Lamar are fully done. But Chris is still trying to maintain this relationship with Lamar. It's just so—oh, my God. Everything is just crazy. Crazy. Courtney also didn't come on the trip. She said she felt sick, but that was when she Oh, was, she didn't have rain. I think she felt sick and was pregnant with rain. Yeah, exactly. And Mason had a double ear infection. Oh, hate to see it. Also, Leah Brandon and Brody did come on this trip again. Um, Chris invited— the way that she explains inviting them, not that she didn't want them there, but it was also because she kind of wanted a buffer between her and Caitlin so that, you know, they can do their activities with their dad and I don't really have to spend that much time with Caitlin. A little bit of a selfish motive, but also kind of makes total sense. True? True. At the time, also, like we said, you know, Greece, if Greece was the start of Rob's MIA, now we're now we're in it. And everybody's kind of mad at Rob. This was way before the sensitivities started to come in because we see in later seasons that they're much more compassionate towards him and what he's going through. Well, they kind of have this thing where it's like, okay, we've babied him, we've given him, now it's like, let's try tough love. And, and Chloe's just not willing to give into that. And what Chloe ends up saying when she's explaining it is that she's like, everyone's saying like, Rob's so depressed. He just needs to, if you want to do something about your life, just get out of this funk, which obviously we know is not how things work. And it's just like this understanding that they didn't really have. And it was a lot about his weight. And it's like, if you want to lose the weight, then get out and try and do something. And, and it Chloe's, just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. And, and they were having trouble understanding it. But Chloe's basically saying like, Chloe's very defensive of him. And it comes out of Chloe saying like, that she feels so much guilt because the only, remember Rob was living with her and Lamar. And she feels so much guilt because, um, she feels that the only people who knew what was going on in the house was her, Lamar, and Rob. And she felt that she didn't protect Rob enough from what was going on in the house. And that was a huge part of his downfall, she felt. Which is a lot for Chloe to take on, especially if you know Chloe in the way she is. Of course she feels that way. I almost, when I was watching this, I almost couldn't believe that I didn't think of that sooner. That Chloe was, even though I thought it was, you know, unwarranted, like that she shouldn't have it. I'm shocked that that wasn't our first thought. Like, of course, Chloe was going to feel guilty for Rob's potential behavior based on the involvement with Lamar because that's just Chloe's personality. Right. You know what I mean? I think the reason we weren't thinking of it is because, like, if Rob was, like, I know this is going to sound like a weird thing, if Rob was Chloe's son and had opened him up to all of these things that was happening in the house, then I can understand it. But it's like, 
Rob was also an adult. Rob could have gone to a different house. Rob, but I guess it was very stressful. Like Rob probably knew exactly what was going on, wasn't allowed to say anything, was keeping these secrets that was probably har- like harboring on him and weighing on him that he couldn't tell anybody. And it was, yeah, it was a really intense situation that no one really realized at the time how intense it was. Totally. Okay, obviously we are stopping because we are <laughs> so excited to tell you guys about our favorite company. You ready for this, Julie? It's the third love, Rob. <laughs> it's third love. Okay, here's the deal. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their FitFinder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. We are obsessed with this brand. I I, I promise you. Like, you you start because you actually wear bras way more than I do. It's just the most. It's just the most comfortable bra. Truly, even like off of this aside, I recommend this bra to every single person I talk to. I can't even tell you how many people have come up to me and said, "So the Third Love bra, you actually?" I'm like. It is the best bra I have ever owned. Yeah, literally. And and Julie really knows because she has worn a lot of different bras. I don't wear them. Maybe once a month. And when I do, it's only this one and it's epic. They have more sizes than other brands. The convenience is insane. I need to tell you about the Fit Finder quiz. The way that it works is that you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken this quiz. It's fun. Like it takes literally less than a minute. You, You select your breast shape, your breast size, all these different things that are so personal to you and so important. Also, there's a 100% fit guarantee. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it, and they'll wash it and donate it to a woman in need. I'm telling you, just trust us on this. Everybody who we know that has gotten one is obsessed with it. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. The two other major parts of this trip that I want to talk about are two things. The first was just, you know, Chris and Caitlin were kind of fighting a lot, which we saw. I don't take back my previous statement about them being more civil on this than than they were about to be because shit was about to get ugly. They definitely were okay, but it was not great. And Kendall and Kylie were really affected by this. And one of the ways that they acted out was that they disappeared and they sent the family on a scavenger hunt to find them. The family's freaking out, has no idea where they are. The whole thing was kind of ridiculous because like, duh, they're with production crew and with security and they were completely fine. They ended up finding them on the beach getting massages and whatever. But the whole, really the point of that was just to say that Kendall and Kylie were doing anything in their power for their parents to get along. Fine, that's one thing. What I really want to talk about was the Jenner kids' involvement. So Brody, Brandon, and Leah. So like we said, they're all on the trip. I want to just make a point to say about Leah. I've always said this. To me, she just strikes me. Slow down, slow down, Miss Adderall. Sorry, I'm obsessed with you. I'm talking really fast. She strikes me as like a beautiful soul. Let me tell you something. The biggest marital tragedy in all of Kardashian land is Brandon and Leah. God, did I not see that one coming. And I am upset about it still. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Why? Why are they not together? Julie? Till the day I die, I won't have the answers. I mean, listen, was it the most amicable, beautiful, respectful split? Yes, they talked about each other so positively. I want them back together. I want whatever works for them, but I was I was sure they were soulmates. I was I sure I literally want them back together more than I want Courtney and Scott back together. Yeah, no, I, I like kind of understand that. Not not soulmates, but you know what I mean? Like I just really felt that their connection was, was intense. Anyway. And she is the sweetest, nicest person. She was like the unsung hero of the trip. Like everyone, like Leah was there. It's just so underrated that everyone who had an issue, Leah was there. When it was Greece and Scott was like not getting along, Leah goes to him and, and is talking to him and he's explaining how he's an only child. And Leah's like, listen, I'm an only child. But how lucky are we that we we get this big family and we get these opportunities? And she like kind of, you know, snaps him out of it. When they're all together and, and she's talking to Chris and she just wants to be everyone's friend and make everything right. She's just, oh my God, I love Leah. I fucking love Leah. 
Also, you know, this was obviously Kim is with Kanye at the time and and he, Kanye isn't on the trip. And there were two things going on. One, Kim was taking a lot of selfies, not only for Kanye, but also we didn't know this at the time, but for her selfie book. Remember, she did the book with Rizzoli for her selfies and there were gorgeous backdrops in Thailand and she was taking a lot of pictures. The whole family was kind of getting annoyed, but hands down, probably my favorite moment, I would say in, I don't know, it's top five for sure is Kim is doing this very sexual photo shoot. Steph Chef's wall. taking the picture. Steph Chef is taking the picture. Her tits are fully out. I mean, she is... She's in like this white she, see-through wet dress with her tits she's out. Bas- she's basically naked. This is for Kanye. For this Kanye, part. yes. Not for the book. And Brody walks in on her. And it wasn't like you open the door when your parents are having sex and immediately turn around and literally want to just like burn your face off. It was like, it took him a second to close that door. Like he was going to get one more good look before he, he, he made was, sure like, that he door was, like, closed. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I'm like peeking through his fingers, like whatever. And he like <laughs> runs out after and he like goes back into Brandon and Leah and he like tells them what happened. And he's like, He's like, and she was just, her tits were out. And he was like, did you, did you get turned on? And he was like, no, 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 maybe a half chub, maybe a half chub. <laughs> they were like, you got hard. He's like, no, 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 no. They, okay, half chub. It was so, I have watched that scene so many but times. But then the whole rest of the trip, they're like making fun of him. And there's this one scene where um, Brandon, Kendall, and Brandon, Kendall, Leah, and Brody are all talking about it. And Kendall's there like, not supposed to be part of the conversation. And they think that Kendall has no idea what's going on. And she's like, she's like, he's like, yeah, Brody got a half turn when he saw Kim. And Kendall's like, are you talking about a boner? Meanwhile, she's older. Like, there's no reason she wouldn't have known what it was. And, and Brody gets like, oh, but brother's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you know what a boner is? <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, this, can I say something? And like, please, I know the, the ridiculous of the statement, but like, okay. Technically, Brandon and Brandon Brody and Kendall and Kylie like, are related. They have some sort of blood no, relation. Br- they have a full That's father saying. that they share. That's what I'm saying. They That's are some sort of. They I'm fully saying. are siblings. Right. I'm saying even though they didn't grow up together, they're like fully siblings. Okay. They grew up a little bit together, I would say. Fine. And more than I think we're giving them credit for. But yeah, they're okay, si- fine. they are fully siblings. Let's not bring any narrative into this that they're not siblings. Right. But I'm okay, fine. But Kim, I'm saying Kim and Brody, yeah, they're like brothers, I mean, brother and sister, they have zero technical relationship. And a lot of sexual tension. And I don't care. I'll say it. Like, I don't, I know that sounds weird and like incestuous. Listen, they would never do anything. I'm not crazy. But there's no way that Brody is not sexually attracted to Kim. You you can't tell me. Wait, hold on. You can't tell me that not one time in his life did Brody jack off to the thought of Kim to that, seeing her in that, in that outfit. There's just no way. Well, that's the one thing that I was saying is like, I don't understand why he was so taken aback by that picture. There's no way he hasn't seen her tits a million times, just like literally on Instagram. There's no way he didn't see her sex tape. Yeah. You're going to tell me that Brody Jenner didn't watch Kim Kardashian's sex tape? Brody and Brandon sat there and watched it together. I know they did. They were like, fuck, that's our sister. They're like, dude, our sister's so hot. But also there's that one scene where they're all sitting talking about it with Chris again, because like this whole narrative goes on for the whole trip. And then like Brody does that thing where he, where he fucks with Kim and is sitting in her bed naked with le- palm leaves over him. But they're talking to Chris about it while they're on the boat and they're fucking around about it. And Chris is like, oh my God, you have a crush on Kim. Like you're, like you're attracted to Kim. And Brand- and Brody's like, no, no, no. Brandon and Kim kissed when they were little. They kissed when they were little. The whole thing was just so funny because it was clearly, like it's obviously a joke, but there's also like a tiny maybe 1% that's not a joke because Brody does think Kim is so hot and it's just I don't know it's just fun to watch let me tell you something and I'm sure Kim thinks Brody's hot yeah I mean she's not traditionally really into white guys but I think that Brody is universally attractive yeah I know but Brody is universally attractive yeah universally attractive Um, is there anything else major that you want to oh one more thing that I just want to say before we move on is remember the the orphanage in Thailand that they go and they bring all the supplies to and Kim and that little girl pink 
have like that really and Kim is so set on adopting her and and she's like really spends like the whole episode trying to figure out what she can do to adopt her and they kind of explain to her that the laws in Thailand it's really not easy to adopt kids from Thailand because the government's really uh concerned about kids being adopted for the wrong reasons and and all that stuff and she was so upset but I just every single time I see this I'm like imagine if Kim had adopted her I can't even imagine. It would change the course of everything. The last trip that we wanted to talk about was in 2015. Listen, I know that there are a million more. I know that there was Bali and there were all these other ones, but this was, we wanted to stay nostalgic here. And I think that this was probably the end of the nostalgic era. The rest seemed a little more recent. This was 2015 when they went to St. Bart's and they stayed at these gorgeous villas that were from our research between $50,000 and $100,000 for the week, depending on where you go. Kylie was dating Tyga at the time. And... The whole thing was that the, the the family really wanted to be just the girls and the kids. And Kylie brings Tyga, which was a huge source of tension with everyone, specifically Kendall, but really with everyone. Also, Chloe and Chris are kind of fighting because, you know, Chloe had just gone through this really traumatic breakup with Lamar and she really wanted separation fully from him and Chris was unwilling to let go of her relationship with him. Well, if you remember, Lamar called Chloe. And Chloe was like, how are you calling me? I blocked your number. And it's revealed that Lamar and Chris had been keeping in contact. And and Lamar, I don't know, it was just really, Chris and Lamar's relationship was always really interesting. And I think that Chris will always have such a special place. Obviously, Chloe does too, but have such a special place for Lamar. But Chloe was so, so upset and so betrayed by the fact that they were talking because she wanted nothing to do with Lamar. Absolutely. Also, in terms of other relationship updates, you know, Courtney and Scott were not good. They were on the rocks. He wasn't on the trip. It was also a Just Girls trip, but he wasn't there. He was out of town. Nobody really knew where he was. They're trying to figure out, like, via Instagram, oh, he's in Mexico. No one's really, it was like, we can't believe that present-day Scott was this same guy in 2015. He Things were just not going well. Also, Tyga did not come initially. Like, he wasn't on the plane with them. What happened was he was coming, I don't know, like a day later, whenever it was. So Kylie went to get him. And we see Kylie, you know, waiting in the little airport for his plane to come in. And the way that I, that this was to me, tell me if you get this reference. It was almost like Kim to Reggie was Kylie to Tyga here. Like she was obsessed with him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was like, this was, yeah. Oh my God. She was obsessed with him. It, yeah. And, and not that, not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't um, reciprocated. It was totally was mutual, but you know, I guess we it was got just to a see, different vibe. Also Kylie wasn't, she was active on social, but not like she is now at all. And so we really got to see their interactions. And I think oh, she was 18 and that's why Chris allowed him to come and all that kind of stuff. But we almost were watching her grow up in front of us. Like he's making comments about her butt and they're like, and it's just like, what? Ah, like, what's and happening? And this is, this is when they're at dinner and Chris says to Taiga, is that Kylie's name tattooed on your body? And he goes, where? And she goes, what do you mean where? <laughs> like that is, I oh my God. I think he covered up that tattoo, but oh my God. He must have. And Kendall was not having it. I think Kendall was pissed. Kendall was, she was so upset because she just wanted to hang out with Kylie and have this special trip with Kylie. And here Kylie is with Tyga the whole time. And they were like, if you remember them, they could not separate. It was like, not even like they physically, like the Kylie sitting on his lap the whole time. They're so touchy. They're so like, I related so hard to that. I don't know if you have ever been in this situation. When you're 18 and you're on a family vacation and you're, that, your parent lets you bring your boyfriend, it's literally like the coolest thing ever. You're like, I am in another country with this person I'm in love with in this beautiful setting. I literally just want to like stay in my room and have sex with you all the time. And I can't believe there's other people here. Like no matter how much you love your family, you know what I mean? Like you're obsessed yeah. with that person. Like, and I, I so understood it. And Kendall felt like a third wheel. And also, and like, I could totally be off here. Maybe there was a little deeply rooted part of Kendall that was like, 
I'm the older sister and I just want to hang out with my younger sister, but she can't hang out with me because she's in a relationship and here I am single. I don't know if that was there, but it could have been, you know? No, probably. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was. This is also, before they leave, I just want to mention this. Kim is pregnant with um, Saint at the time. And before they even leave on the trip, this is like that iconic scene where she's shopping with Mason for deodorant in the store and she like, goes into the all natural section and she's like having Mason smell all the different deodorants. He's like, this one's nice. I like this one. And she goes to, she's like, she, she picks out a deodorant. And she's like, mommy's going to be so happy that I got this all natural deodorant do you even know what that means and Mason goes no I don't understand anything yeah, so funny so funny um listen did anything else crazily iconic happen on this trip no we did find out that Tyga is named Tyga because his mom said that she, he looks like Tiger was when he was little which is an interesting tidbit and, to know and also Tyga stands for it was Tiger Woods that he then made Tyga and changed the spelling and Tyga then also became an acronym for a thank you god always yes exactly so that was that was um That was St. Bart's. It was beautiful as always. And I just, I don't know, interesting dynamic, different than we'd seen before. And for us, we just loved watching. We see so much of Kylie and Travis now that to watch her with Tyga, we kind of forgot. And that's why we felt like that was a good one to kind of round it out. Oh God, I love her and Travis together so much. Watching her with Tyga, I was like, Isabel, you fucking idiot. How could you even want them together? Yeah, now, I mean, now she made strides, strides. Stormy would not be Stormy. Stormy is the cutest baby ever, by the the way. Okay, do you feel solid about ending this year? I don't even know if any of this made sense. I felt like it was the best, most rambling, like nostalgic thing we've ever done. I was so in it. Like I was so I into this. I knew you would be and you were hesitant on this one. Because I'm telling I love you. the deep dives, which don't worry, we're going to do more deep dives. Also, we're going to, should I just say it? If it doesn't happen, it'll happen eventually. I don't even know what you're about to say, honestly. We're going to do, I'm working on it. We're going to, I'm going to find an amazing astrologer. Oh, yes. And we're going to do, we've gotten, I swear this is not just me wanting to do, we've gotten, and you can back me up. We have gotten a lot of requests for this. Yes, we have. To do an episode where we sit down with like a celebrity astrologer and go through all of the Kardashians' birth charts and like how their astrological charts. Let's start dictate, really working on that. I, I have been dictate their personality traits and potential of things. I think it would be fascinating, even if you're not into astrology, just to get a better insight into their life. Okay, guys, we will see you tomorrow for our regular episode. And then next week, we're back at it again. And um, thank you for listening to this one. Thank (laughs) you. We just had so much fun. And I hope that you felt as nostalgic as we do. Remember, please, 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 five-star rating and review if you have a chance. I like would love to see an experiment on that. Like if literally a quarter of you did it, it would do, I can't even explain what it would do for us. I love the reviews. It takes two seconds. Even if you just want to rate it two seconds, please, please, please. Okay, we will see you tomorrow. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.